Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. It is December. There are things happening in December. This is the first Dragon Talk of December. You believe it? (laughs) It is. December 2022 is a red letter month because it is the release month of our book, Welcome to Dragon Talk, which I just said for reals out loud. Very excited for that. So I did order a copy from an online retailer because I just wanted to see what that experience was like. And I got it. I already got it like a week ago. Nice. Yeah. So just by the time you're all listening to this, it's officially out. But you could have just pre-ordered it and gotten it early too, as opposed to I'm sure running to your bookstore the day that it came out to purchase it. And that's okay too. People have been so nice uh, about our little scribblings. I know. It's weird to think that, like, people who aren't us are reading it. Like, people who don't have to, like an editor. <laughs> like, yeah. People, people who are not are paid to it. read it are Yes. <laughs> like, reading it for pleasure. Oh, it makes me so happy. It's just adorable. It's and I'm exciting. Just, I'm just so excited to share these stories and these wonderful people that we get to, to talk about and learn about. I'm just excited for everyone to get to know them all over again. And as part of our worldwide uh, book tour of podcasts around the D&D community, uh, we met some amazing folks and uh, we had two of them on this here show, Tom and Bodie from Homie and the Dude. They are a father and son TTRPG and MMA duo. They do a lot, for sure, and we had such a great chat with them. And I mean, I, so many we, of the people we had great chats with were great, but they had just such we a did. interesting ups and downs, and yes. as we talked to them, they talked more about, like, their uh, their journey and their relationship from, like, teenager, and I don't know, I think you and I were both like, hmm, that's where our kids are going to potentially fall into these pit holes, too. It's, yes, it may have resonated with us because... Of the parent-child angle, but we knew there was a a really good story, a really heartwarming story there um, that they they did talk to us a little bit about. I think after we finished our recording and we were mm. just hanging out chatting, so um, we're very excited to get them back here so we can learn even more about this awesome duo and the creativity that they are putting forth for their live stream as well as their uh, conversational podcast, Homie and the Dude. Um, so. Look forward to that. Um, and uh, there's another really fun book release happening in the D&D sphere. Oh, yeah. Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen, will be out there the day after our book, as well as Warriors of Kryn in a deluxe edition that you can get uh, with both of them. We had uh, Wes and Rob on before to talk about how those two products in together. But I'm really interested to hear about people um, playing either or or, or you know, the, the, the story that they tell through the war of Dragonlance. So cool. I love it that it's just another way to play D&D. Yeah. Immersive. Um, yeah, so that's going to be very exciting. And a lot of people already have their hands on that as well. That's true. They got that digitally access. if they were able to pre-order that. Or, um, you know, maybe I sent out a few copies to folks to make well, sure that they got to see it. Maybe you did. And I <laughs> I also got another great book. There's like, this is just like book mania happening right now. Do you remember our conversation with 
Molly Knox Ostertag and Xanthi Boma. I do. Dungeon I got that Club book too. roll call also arrived. I think this arrived yesterday. And it's so beautiful. It is even uh, more lovely in real life as opposed to just the PDF that I was digging. But I love the art. I love the words. This is such a good story. And this also has gotten amazing reviews. So um, if you have a young adult in your life, or even if you're just a fan of graphic novels yourself, highly recommend Dungeon Club Roll Call. Add it yeah. to your list. I just got it yesterday, too. I think I pre-ordered it right after our conversation yeah. with them. I was like, oh, this is exciting. It's a book in the mail. And yeah. uh, just flipping through the pages, you're right. The artwork is so cool. It I really love that is. there's little stat blocks for each of the like main characters kind of early on that mimic the D&D 5th edition stat blocks for monsters. So cool. And I can't wait to get Edna into reading this. She's finishing up. She was finishing a book yesterday, so I didn't want to be like, by the way, here's a new book. She was like trying to cram the last few chapters of uh, of her novel that she was reading. And so I'm going to be throwing oh this her away. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I love that you have a child that reads and loves to read. She is. Uh, she's the type of person where, like, we'll just go to the store and she, like, brings her book. And I was like, you're not, you I, don't need to bring your book. Yes, you do. I was that kid, too. Aww. I brought my books everywhere. And I love it when I go somewhere like a store, and I see just a kid crouched in the corner reading. I'm like, oh, my heart, I love you. I mean, that's fine. But the fact that she was had the book open as we were walking from the house to the car, I was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was that kid, though. I literally was. Like, I would ride a bike and read my book at the same. Like, I couldn't. Wow. I would be really into books. Wait, how did you do that? Really? I didn't. It's just it's <laughs> hyperbole, okay? It's an exaggeration. I'd be driving my car and uh, I slept and could read my books. Too. Be hanging out with my boyfriend and <laughs> reading I a book never, all at the same time. I never did that. <laughs> I never hung out with a boyfriend. Never had a boyfriend. <laughs> well, that's why Dungeon Roll Call is for you. <laughs> that's why, yes, Dungeons and Dragons is for you. I uh, speaking of Meet which, I was traveling last week yes! and was with family. I all Four of my wife's siblings and their families were all in one location. So there was, I think, 28 people in total for, for Thanksgiving, which was a lot. Holy moly. And there are a lot of cousins. Uh, and I was not the instigator of this. This was the most important part of it. Is like, I did not do this. One of the cousins was like, I'm going to run a D&D game. There are some folks who know how to play D&D uh, that they play together in New York City. Um, and they were like, well, anybody who wants to play can play. And there were, I think, 12 of us around the table, the same table that we ate, uh, Thanksgiving on, you know, a couple hours later, rolling up characters and having a grand old time. The dungeon master created a holiday themed kind of adventure. Oh my, so we like were, on the spot? No, no. He, pre- he prepared, he wrote it. some, he wrote some speeches even too. Um, he, you know, he does film work and, and other things. Uh, and, uh, we, we were trying to save Santa Claus and oh. from, from being abducted from the North pole and, and fought some gummy bears and, uh, Oh, how fun. Ended up, it was it was a great adventure. It ended up being about capitalism, as as you do. I don't. It doesn't. I won't spoil anything by saying it wasn't Santa Claus that we actually rescued. It was Uncle Sam. Oh my! Who was trying to capitalize on Christmas, and then the real Santa Claus was uh, was hidden where we started the adventure, and we ended up saving well, him as well. That's adorable. It was adorable. What did you do about character sheets for everybody? We printed them out. I, you know, some people were filling them out uh, by hand. 
Um, I had my D&D Beyond account. I was just making characters and then printing them out for folks. So, yeah. Oh, it was a mixture of, of pen and paper and digital. And we only had, like, two sets of dice because I didn't, I didn't think to bring mine because I, I packed so much stuff I didn't have the room. So we were, you know, doing digital dice rolls or just, like, literally being, can I have a D8? And then, like, throwing it across the room and then having someone oh. it. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. That is so fun. I can't imagine with that many people how it would be. Especially with like nine-year-olds who yeah. don't play all the time too. So there was a yeah. little bit of like a learning curve as well as like, you know, the rambunctiousness of, of, of things happening. And then the coolest thing was that the DM had to leave halfway through uh, and he gave the notes to um, my uh, niece who is getting married very soon. Very exciting there. Uh, all right. And, and they play all, to, all, all the time. And uh, she DM'd for the first time. That was her first time dungeon mastering. She'd only been a player before. But she took... His notes, and then finished the uh, the adventure. So it was a very very difficult circumstances. Are you serious? To be able to do that with like again the rambunctiousness of of nine year olds going on there, but she she did it awesomely. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Just to take somebody's notes and just run with it. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. And wow. again, I just love the fact that I wasn't making this happen. They made no. It happen. You I just, just got to, to be a player. Just got to sit there and watch. Yeah. And say, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit for one one of my nephews who was like, I'm going to do something that goes against the party. And we're like, you know, it's a co-op game. You want to, like, yeah. help the party. You don't want to, you know, throw up roadblocks. Um, and he learned that very quickly. He was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, he got it. And it was like, oh, what wow. kind of help? And then it, like, totally changed everything. I was like, oh, right, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Look at that. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Because, you know, you'd been used to competitive gaming when, uh, and stuff, so I didn't realize that, like, oh. oh, yeah, no, we're all on the same team. D&D can teach you anything. Exactly. Yeah. Aww. Super cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, family is a, a theme here as we go into uh, this amazing interview. Um, I think... A lot of the lessons that Tom and Bodhi uh, learned together, uh, you'll you'll hear throughout this entire interview. So, um, very inspiring. Very inspiring. Yeah. So let's give a listen to these two amazing folks. Everyone, let's welcome Tom and Bodhi Camboras to Dragon Dog. Yay! 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 Woo! That was lovely. <laughs> that was genuine enthusiasm. That that was very good. That was that was very. Uh, I don't know what to make of that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit the Froggy, I guess that was that was what I was feeling there. <laughs> well, we are so excited to talk to you, you guys. Are our, our podcasters from the UK uh, as well as D and D players and DMs and storytellers. <laughs> All the wild stuff. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're multifaceted. I was going to say, there's many plates spinning at what seems like every hour of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, well, we were so fortunate to talk to you both um, for the Welcome to Dragon Talk book tour. Um, and we had a really delightful conversation. And I know that I, I think I speak for Greg, too. Afterwards, we were like, they're so nice. We kind of, we really want to talk to them again. And we felt like we know there's just a lot of good stories that you both have. And we just really wanted to dig in again. So, so here you are. Now you Thank are you. our guests. Yeah. And and we, we, we mutually said the exact same thing afterwards. And, and furthermore, we, we've, 
since then been excited about this and spoken about it a couple times and uh, and and said you know how how much we're looking forward to it. There was a connection. There yeah. was there was some connection, there was. wasn't there? Yes. You can you can you can feel it when there is, and you can feel it when there kind of is, and you can feel it when there's not. But it felt yes. like there was a real like just an ease, and uh, and and that comes across you know pretty. I guess it comes across to the audience, but it also comes across when we're just interacting with each other, and I felt that for sure. Yeah, I felt that. Too. That. Yeah, mm. and I just loved your story too. I mean, I, th- I think uh, the generational amazingness of Dungeons and Dragons of being able to play with your progeny uh, is. is- <laughs> It's something that I'm always excited about, and I think the two of you had a, you know, just a, a really neat thing. So, why, for for folks, uh, where when did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? How did that begin? And then, you know, talk a little bit about your relationship to it. Told me to, yeah, go for okay, it. Cool. Um, so, um, I, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, I've always been a huge fantasy fan. Like, I remember, you know, Lord of the Rings coming, that, like the Lord of the Rings series coming out, and um, and Harry Potter's and you know, then going back and watching Willows and Labyrinth and all, all this stuff. And so for me, I, I was always I was always really excited about that. But um, in high school, I was a I was a bit of a jock and a bit of an asshole. And I, I, I didn't show I didn't I didn't get to show the uh, the the fun wallflower side of me that really existed deep, deep down within, you know, a bunch of uh, insecurity. And um, eventually I actually got invited to join a D&D group by my drama teacher um, and this, this guy was also someone who I had, uh, writing sessions with. We'd do one-to-one writing and he would, you know, uh, he was just a big influence on my, my yeah. like life growing up and, and, and being there for me as a male role model while I was at boarding school and away from, you know, Tom and, and all that. And, um, uh, we played third edition and I, as a dyslexic, I was like, this blows. There's so much math <laughs> to to just make a character. This is ridiculous. I was like, this is crazy. Um, and so I did play for a little bit though, and um, and had a really good time, and got to you know interact with a group in my school that I didn't, of people that I didn't spend a lot of time with, and you know got to form new friendships and relationships with people. So that was great. Um, going into the last years of high school and what we call in the UK like college, or but it's pretty much like the last two years of high school for you guys. Um, and then like my university years, I kind of faded away from Dungeons and Dragons, and then um, about. Uh, 2020, um, I started watching, I watched a YouTube series, a uh, channel called Node, and they happened to have a D&D, like, actual play series that they did, like, years and years ago, and I had no idea about it. So I just w- watched through that and was like, wow, people playing D&D, I, that, that's fun to watch. I didn't know that would be fun to watch. And then I told Tom about it, and Tom did some research and found Acquisitions Incorporated, um, the original team, you know, with Chris Perkins, um, Mike Rahulik, uh, you know, all, all of those, uh, Patrick Rothfuss, you know, the the, the original um, squad. And God, we just fell in love, like we, almost instantly. We yeah. were like, this is nuts. Like the 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 level of improv and acting and comedy and, and like Creativity. fun. And cre- yeah, it was just mind-blowing. Mm. Um, especially their live events that they would do at like PAX and stuff were were particularly ones that we were like fans of. And also, you know, getting to see a lot of Wizards content, you know, um, being being played through and, and, and things like that was was really interesting as well. So we, we just really loved that. And from there, um, I was like, let's play D&D. Uh, let's get the starter pack. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, and that was it. And then we were just hooked. Like yeah, We did a family, yeah. we, we, we started with a, well, you bought, I think it was around Christmas, because you bought me, 
uh, a Dungeon Master's Guide, and then you bought yourself mm-hmm. the whole, the three-pack. Yeah, the core. The yeah. Core rules. And then from there, we just did um, Lost Minds, and we were off and running. And that's, you know, I guess that's a pretty traditional trajectory, I guess, or, or entry, let's say. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Dungeons & Dragons has been, along with a couple other things along the way, a really great vehicle for us to just enjoy each other's company. Mm. Tracy, my wife, and Bodie's mom is part of our core group. Mm. You know, we have a nice family group, but then also now we've extended out to an awesome international group that we live stream with. And there's just, you know, there's something about that interaction and that that availability of just suspending all the other stuff for a second and being able to I don't know. It's kind of like recapture your childhood a little bit. There's some mm. weirdness about that. It's 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 like just disappearing. It's it's like watching a movie or playing a video game. You just go into this world, or you know, a lot of people say you know when they're reading a book and in their head they're living this like world and they're in their mind. And I feel like that's what it's very similar yeah. to. You know, you end up just being in this whole other place for a couple hours, and you surface at the end, and you're like, whoa, reality still exists. This is this is uh, abrasive. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to people when they they try the VR headset for the first time or something like that. And you're like, oh wait, this reality is different than what I was just experiencing for the last, you know, amount of time. Um, yeah, my daughter has that similar thing when she's reading because uh, she is delving into fantasy uh, mm. hardcore right now, and then she'll be like, well, I'll finish that book, and then she'll be like. Wait, what are you guys doing? What's happening? Uh, <laughs> what, what's, what's this world uh, of, of ours? And so, yeah, you're right. D&D can certainly do that. I love that. And I love that you got into it as a family. That's such a yeah. a fun story and, and a good timing uh, around the pandemic there in 2020 for you to get yeah. into it. Do you know what I think it was as well? Like, I think because I was, I was like, oh, I want to play D&D. And at the time, I was kind of reluctant to be a DM, but then no one else really was game for it. So I was like, okay, I'll be the DM. And started like learning and like reading the books and all that kind of stuff. And I think for me, there was a level of like, I'm not super comfortable doing this, maybe in front of like people outside of what we call like our familia. So we have like Tom, (laughs) Tracy, my mom, and then my two like best friends from high school, Jacob and Ryan. um, And then my friend from like college, like our like last two years of high school, Lauren. And those are our, like, immediate people that we, like, we've known them for, like, you know, 12 years. They're, they're part of our, our family as well. So I was like, cool, let's get La Familia together. And I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable running something and f***ing up and making mistakes in front of you guys because, you know, I know there's not going to be any judgment and we'll, we'll have a good time. So I think that was actually one of the big decisions of why we did it um, as, a, as, a, as a family group to start off with. I just think you just, you just loved, like, you have found your passion like it it has been non-stop since mm. then it really yeah. has been non-stop it's it's been a deep dive that you just keep you know you just keep going with and it's been awesome to see you and to support that can't can't get out of this rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> you keep going it's like i imagine though as a parent to tom it's got to be pretty incredible to see bodhi in this role like the i mean i think dungeon masters are incredible anyway but to have like your own child, like be take on that role and and see all the creativity that comes out of him and like the stories that he's weaving and and doing it all for you and the family. And I just like what has that been like? Have has it impacted the way that you 
you see each other in real life, seeing each other in this fantasy world too? Yeah, That's I think, a great f- question. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can use it for your podcast. <laughs> That's a phenomenal question. I love that question. Go for it. There's just, no, there's just instances where, you know, sitting as a player at the table, will, you will do some sort of improv uh, on a character or on just a little bit, a little scene. And I'm just hugely, you know, I'm just impressed by how clever you are, how your your comedic timing, your ability to manage um, the range of emotions. So you'll go on both sides of, of emotions. You're not afraid to go deep on the sadness or really emotionally strong moment all the way through to, you know, zany, silly stuff and go back and forth really seamlessly. And oftentimes it's pretty quick within, you know, within a, a scene. So all of that is is really impressive. And I guess I... I I don't know. I think we're getting to a point at this point where we're 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 adults now mm. that I forget how much I and myself and Tracy have contributed to you know to influencing that to almost molding that. It, it, it's yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like he's his own no, person now. I, I know. I love, I, mean, the, I love that you're like yeah that that was me and T. We did well, that. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> yeah, I do that as well. My wife yeah, now would be well, like, "This they came from us. That's so yes, weird." Yes, like, we made that. We made that. <laughs> oh, it's but, true, it, but it, there's also aspects that like that I know that Bodhi can do stuff that I can't do, mm-hmm. you know, and he's more comfortable in certain situations than I'm not in. And I just admire, you know, I admire that in anyone, but I guess I doubly admire it in you. To see it, you know, in your own in your own child is pretty cool. Is a pretty cool experience, and to see it, you know, on our live stream as well. So there's, it's not just in the family group because when we do it in our actual play live stream, the stakes are even a little higher. So now it's like, okay, well, it's a, it's a bit of a performance, and it's a bit of um, a group of people that are, you know, fairly established at our level in the TTRPG community, and to see Bodhi still like you know, hitting them out of the park and being really, really creative session after session is pretty cool. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud I, of you. I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh-huh. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's, that's, uh-huh. that's good, guys. My heart. And what I love all, about that too is that oh, it's not, it. oh it. yeah, I, I, I just want to just, the, the creative stuff aside, because I think that's really exciting as well. Mm-hmm. I think I would be impressed. I mean, my daughters are nine and 11, so they're not quite at this stage, but like just being able to, organize an event like a live stream or even yeah. just you know among the familia of getting them together and and having that be like a weekly consistent thing a dungeon mastering all the soft skills that go into merely scheduling merely getting everybody at the table together yes. is super impressive for thinking about my daughters right I'm like oh yeah when are they going to be able to do that when are they going to be able to mm-hmm. run the show or 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 have that that kind of ability so i think even just beyond, you know, the creative, clever storytelling that's going on, I am super impressed that you're able to to get it all together. Well, thanks, man. Like, I I think I'm lucky because I'm at a point in my life where I've gone through a lot of shit, and I've also done a lot of stuff. for For a 25 year old, I've lived a pretty full, rounded life at this point. I feel very lucky and fortunate to the life that I have lived. And a lot of those experiences, you know, even just things like, you know, the fact that I have had managerial experience within like a workplace means that actually it's, I don't, out of all the things that I struggle with in D&D, organizing my players is possibly one of my least, one of my, like something I don't get worried about at all because it's something that I'm kind of used to. But um, I wanted to quickly add as well, like, 
as a DM, like watching, like, so Tom, Tom has done a bit of acting stuff and, and has always, whenever he does anything, gives himself like a hundred percent to it. Like I, like more than anyone else I know on this planet, like no one can work at the work ethic level that Tom can. It's, it's kind of wild. And so seeing Tom as a player and then putting that work ethic into his characters is crazy. Like Tom's characters, like to the point where my, my girlfriend at the moment, we, we play another game with, uh, with one of our like fellow writers in Homie and the Dude, and he's running um, a playtest of a world that we're, a setting that we're working on to, to release at some point. And um, Tom plays his character who is like this mouthy tiefling bard like so well that my partner comes away from those sessions and is like, I hate him. <laughs> I, actually, I actually hate him. Like, I cannot sit next to him when we play D- when we can play this game because his character irks me so much. And he just commits in a way that, like, is unbelievable. And so, same with uh, my mom as well. Like, she just pushes the realm of, like, investing in character backstory where you just, you're just so present and so awesome that it, it's really great to see. I, I also feel so lucky having them as my players, actually, and, and getting to choose them as my players until they start, you know, getting Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff. And then at that point, <laughs> just, we'll have to see what happens from there. But, you know, that'll make like, it even more interesting because well, they'll be yeah. playing characters. You, don't, <laughs> you say, can well, just, yeah. Well, I've got their minds. It's yeah, good. It's good. They're, they're um, wild sorcerers. That's all. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But D&D keeps you sharp, though. So it's true. Just, Gaming you know. does. Keeping it at bay, hundred percent. I fully agree. <laughs> and and I know you guys mentioned that your kids are like uh, growing up in gaming at the moment and things like that, and and doing you know D and D. Are you guys seeing some of that kind of you know what Tom said? Are you are you seeing that from from the outside, whether they're playing with friends or whether you're you know a part of the part of the game? Are you seeing any of those things like starting to witness those developmental you know stuff and creativity and all that kind of stuff? Not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being honest. He won't play D and D. He will not play D and D. He my like daughter, starts, and my then nine he's year like, old is like that too. So yeah, we had I, I, I over the holiday. Uh, I had cousins uh, wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, they're all peers. And there was a table of like ten or twelve people playing Dungeons and Dragons, or you know, around the same table that we ate dinner at. And my youngest daughter was like, nah, I don't think this is for me. And she worked with the DM to get killed in the first encounter so that she could go jump in the pool later on. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. But I think she's the the type that would need to be the star. Like, I think she needs to be the DM. She needs to have the control of this situation because I think uh, that's where she is in the development. I think she would need to be able to be... Uh, make that going on rather than the support character right now because she's not necessarily in that same role. But my older daughter, she's starting to get that. She's starting to get the like, oh, I want to play this type of character. I want to play that and have some agency in, uh, in in what she's wanting to do. But it, you know, we're not at the twenty five year old Bodhi level here quite yet. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's you know, time is on your side. Fully, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you got a lot of time. You got a yeah. lot of time to mold that. <laughs> I'm a. We taught him how to play poker over the holiday. Nice. Um, and I was like, "Wow, like you, you're you're pretty good at, at the bluff because he's so bad at in real life at bluffing that he mm-hmm. was like, he goes, oh, my cards suck. I'm like, Shush, you can't say anything, remember? And he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So Bart and I were like, we're all in. We're all in. And then he like <laughs> flashes like three aces and he's like, ah, so. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so like in that regard, I'm like, yeah, all right. I I can see like that's that you you legit tricked us. And 
But I would really love for him to, like, we kind of drag him into D&D, and I would really love for mm. him to play and just mm. like, see all of the great things that are part of the scheme. But, like, like Greg's daughter, if it's not his turn, he's bored. He's like, uh, why is everyone just talking? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I think also like perhaps big better. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I, I do think though that like you can be stri- like I think the reason we like it is because even in those those quote unquote boring you know not my turn moments, if you're around a table of people that you just like yeah. and want to hang out with, it might be easier. So I'm not sure how much of you know, and you have in Jacob and Lauren and Nikki and you know having all your people there. Mm. Is like you, it would be great just hanging out and having a chat, you know. So I'm wondering, right. like, you know, maybe the next step with with your guys is to introduce, you know, their their own little squad of homies in, yeah. and uh, and get, and get them all tight in, and then and then they have a further incentive to be there, which is I'm just gonna hang out with my friends. Like, yeah, look, I will D&D. give you as much free pizza as you want. <laughs> oh, I give him, D&D. yes, I do. I lean in with the food all the time. He'll he'll play for a minute and then he wanders off to go get his Switch or his iPad or something. The thing that might get Fiona is having a, her own uh, YouTube channel about this. So, you know, she wants to be that kind of like always online person. Um, mm-hmm. And then you guys, I want to talk more about your your actual play, uh, the Sky Realm, because mm-hmm. you know that might be the the carrot that we dangle for. You could have your own D and D channel, Fiona. But yeah, how did how did oh, you get yeah. that started? How did that work uh, <laughs> as far as going the transition from having your home game that you were excited about with the people that you know and trust mm-hmm. to being a show? Like it's it's you you mentioned earlier, it's a very different animal. Yeah. Um. That's. I remember the moment. Do, okay, okay. You, you, you told me. You told me that. I'll tell you my side. Okay. Uh, so, so my side was while we're playing Lost Minds as a dyslexic to have to spend my session prep reading their uh, reading the Wizard's Adventure Book and retaining information. And you know, even though I could have the book there or I could have you know digital you know roll twenty you know version available to me, um, I just struggled like doing someone else's content. Like I struggled, you know, um, like feeling like I was bringing that world to life. And then, so I, I knew like from like session three of Lost Minds that I was like, I need to make my own world. Like I, 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 I need to have a bit more agency over this. And also like of the plot and, you know, what what's going on and, you know, all, all that. kind. And I, I think as well, I learned, you know, to take my foot off of like the railroading gas mm. pedal at that point, you know, because... You know, I was like, oh, I've got to follow this campaign that they've written for me. And then when I got to homebrew, I was like, oh, this is a lot more sandboxy and 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 easy. So for me, it was like at some point in session three, I was like, cool, let's I'm going to make my own world. Uh, and I started <laughs> actually I started writing a completely different setting. And then the that's what night I remember before. <laughs> that's what I remember. Oh, God. You, re- you remember go what you said? It, you said it. you said, OK, we could do this one, which I think will be pretty easy. Oh, we could go really into the deep water with this other one. Yeah, and at that and the and the other one was the Sky Realm. Yeah, and the, so. the first one was like classic. Like I was gonna do like you know the, there's a re, there's a religious uprising that are trying to bring down you know a kingdom in a continent, and you are you know but humble people from a local town that need to go and help. And I was like, oh, that that'll be you know cool. And then the night before Tom and I were about to like start properly writing that, I called him and I was like, dude. I've had this idea. I was like, yeah. 
Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, the floating islands, but just a world of floating islands. And Tom was like, yes, that's the one. <laughs> and, so, and, and, and that was it. And, and so we started writing it and I actually then ran that outside of the, we, we've run like, um, actually, so the, the, the plot point that our actual play is at the moment, 23 episodes in, we have just caught up to our family game of like how much of that plot I had run for, like play tested run that plot basically. And, um, and so, yeah, so we, we, we like a couple months later after play testing it a little bit, we're like, right. Um, and I think the plan had always been because we were already podcasting at that point. And then we started playing D&D and we were like, Oh, Critical Role's doing really well. And then, oh, Dimension 20's popping up out of nowhere. And they're, you know, they're doing amazing. And we were like, huh, and high rollers are doing awesome. And they we actually live near them in Bristol. Like, we could make this happen. So it was, mm. it was a pretty organic process of like lost minds, write the homebrew, and then the homebrew was always written to be an actual play at yeah. some point, basically. Yeah. And there, there's elements that you have to consider, like even just the tech, you know, so our, our tech was starting to, to accumulate a little bit that could support it. So it wasn't this huge, amazing leap across a chasm. It was, it was a fairly, you know, fairly... And, and we're still getting better. Like the one thing, you know, to, to say, Greg, to, 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 to your door, you know, is it's, your, your first episode is going to be probably a little bit whack, I'll be honest with you. And um, actually, probably your first 10 episodes are going to be a little bit whack, um, just because you're going to be fine-tuning things. You're going to be, you know, um, getting your team chemistry right, your cast chemistry, getting, you know, your timing right, um, getting, you know, post-production, pre-production, you know, um, yeah. while you're recording. All of that stuff takes, uh, you know, fine-tuning. And yeah. I think if you watch, you know, episode, take it like episode 20 of our actual play versus episode like two, like the differences are ridiculous. Like yeah. it's it's a completely different polished beast at this point. And I think, you know, that's something that you just have to withstand. You know, while you get better technology, while you do get more people watching, while you are, you know, building and growing this, it will be something that evolves with that time as well. And that's not something to be afraid of because if you watch, you know, episode one of Critical Role campaign one, Matt Mercer's audio is absolute trash for the entire freaking podcast. <laughs> it is absolutely trash. I don't know what they did, but it's terrible. And that's just how it is. You know, like it, you, it, we all start somewhere and that's okay. That's totally cool. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, that's true of life, really. Like you kind of have to do the thing crappy first before you get better and better at it. And that's something that's hard for children to understand because they want to be like mm. good at everything that they do at the first try and that's you know yeah. so yeah that's that's a, almost like a, that's growing up that's leveling up that's like being like all right yeah we're you're, you're gonna get better hey. as as you just got to do things don't be afraid of failure embrace it that's the only thing you learn from failure winning doesn't teach you anything winning teaches you how to feel good about yourself failure is where you learn and you you progress and and, you know, making the mistakes and stuff, that's how you get better. And, yeah. and I think that's been a big one for me is like growing into like the, the 25-year-old I am. Accepting that has been so huge for allowing me to do some of the stuff that I do now. There's, there's a term, I think it's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset is someone that uh, really struggles with failure and gets mm. scared and doesn't, and like wants to avoid it. And so those are individuals that you might see that won't take the risk they just won't run that first session because that it's just scary like failure yeah. sucks you know especially when there's stakes you know when there's skin in the game it sucks um and to go through that whole emotional and 
you know, the, the, the progression of coming out the other end is a process that you need to learn how to do. Yeah. The first time is the worst. The fifth, like the 500th time, I know how to do this. I know what happens. I know what I'm going to take away from this. And it is, it is part of growing up, but it is not a given. Like there's some people that are in that fixed mindset that just won't allow themselves to, to take the leap. And it's a bummer, you know, because they're, they have a lot to offer potentially and they're not allowing themselves to do it. And so yeah. I'm super glad that you have found that lesson. Like that is a big one. That's a huge one, you know. Um, to feels, know feels good. Yeah. You can take credit for that too. Yeah, you did that. You did that, Tom. You did that too, Tom. That's you too. <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of this. Show. You have no agency, <laughs> Bodie. You have no agency. Here. You look at the back; it's property of Tom and Tracy, Co. TM. You know all, all the all the branding. Ooh, you know, that's a good dish, idea. Don't, don't put it in a washing machine. You know? <laughs> Handle with care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I've been trying to teach my my oldest daughter, who's trying out for basketball for the first time uh, in mm. sixth grade. Right, it's the first time to really kind of get that competition of like who's going to be on oh, the team. And she, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yesterday she was like, I don't know, I'm really stressed out. I may not make it. I'm like, that's your goal is to try out. That's mm. it. Like if you get on it, that's great. But like the 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 end goal is that you you tried and you failed, and that's what you should do in sixth grade. Like you're gonna be up, uh, up against older kids. The whole point is to get out there and, and and get that experience, and almost have the mindset of like the goal is to try. The goal is not yeah. to get on the team, right? Because if you don't yeah. uh, think about it that way, then you'll you'll be in the other mindset that you were just talking about, Tom, which is like, well, I guess I won't try because I, I would I don't have you know the chance, right? So it's really hard to teach kids that uh, mm-hmm. at at eleven years old. It is. I, and I've, I definitely had the fixed mindset when I was younger, for sure. I had yeah. moments where I was crippled by actual failure at the time, and it was it was super super tough. And it takes a while to heal up and to you know put yourself out there again. I mean, I was at the heights of my martial arts career, and I took one of like a, I took a really bad loss where I almost got like knocked out. And I was champion of of Spain in my weight division at this point, and I and literally that fight I lost I never stepped foot in uh in a like uh striking dojo I've, I've done like um other martial arts since then but I've never stre- stepped into a karate dojo since and that was when I was younger and I just didn't have that ability to feel okay with that that loss and move forward from it it was it was really yeah. weird it's a bummer yeah and and it's it's a point of certainly you know I'm, I'm mostly looking forward I'm one of those that is my mindset is in the future I think my wife's mindset is in the present mm-hmm. and like my mom's is in the past so like <laughs> but and I don't know wow. if that's an age same. thing or not that's same really? for like all of my relationships as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so um, funny that's so true <laughs> 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 oh it's true um but yeah no it's it's uh it's something that you know, it can it can be a bummer, and if you don't break out of it, it can be seriously life limiting. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like we've like our journey, like our journey, our personal journey as father and son has gone through a lot of that because we've had we've had some really bumpy times. Yeah, you guys um, mentioned that when we when we had that interview. So I mean, are you comfortable chatting about that at all? Because I think there's yeah. something something about that and Dungeons and Dragons and the reconnection that you guys had that I think is is really powerful because I think part of what Dungeons and Dragons does is teach that idea that like failure is okay. Mm. Failure is mm. how you you grow and 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 get to that. So yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about for, the, first of all, the bad times once, that you guys had? 
<laughs> nat ones are just as exciting as nat twenties. Come on, let's <laughs> yeah, real. Sure. Yeah, sometimes let's more exciting. Exactly, it's where great you know? great stories come out of a, out of a one for sure. Exactly, I fully agree with that, and uh, and everything you just said there, Greg. Um, in terms of hard times, shit. Um, so <laughs> we we came from. What's interesting is Tom's background. He's you know purebred, you know, um, American and, and came with that mentality into, into my, into bringing me up as a kid. And so, you know, from a young age, it was, you're going to university and, you know, you're, you're, you and also I was like, we were doing every sport. Like you taught me every sport. Like I swung a golf club, a baseball bat, a, yeah. you know, a tennis racket, a freaking, you know, like through an American, anything that you could put in my hand. Like I was doing every sport. And I think, for me, on my end, it was just years of what felt like pressure on my shoulders just built up into resentment, like just pure resentment for you as a human being and, you know, feeling like you didn't understand me and we just didn't see eye to eye. And it was just it was just a lot of like me feeling like, oh, you've probably not gone through like the classic teenager thing as well. Of like, you've not gone through the problems I'm experiencing. You don't um, know me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let me just swipe my fringe to the side and paint my nails <laughs> black. Timothy Chalamet. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, that was that was very much from my side. It was just a, a struggle for us to find that like connection. And, you know, for years, Tom was my basketball coach. Um, so actually for like two, three years of our lives, I actually didn't call him Tom or dad. I called him coach, like actually Ooh. like around the house. Mm. Like I'd be like, yo, coach, pass me the, pass me the milk, um, you know, kind of mm. thing. And, and we've just had weird like ups and downs in our relationship. So from my side, it was just, it was just hard. It was, I think me being going through that angsty stage and me not dealing with it well and you not dealing with it well until a point where everything kind of culminated in like three years of like you having big life changes, me being diagnosed with cancer and like us dealing with that as a family. And that like changed everything for me, in my opinion, that was like the moment, like everything switched. And yeah. it was like in that three year period there. Um, do you want you share your side? Cause you know, it's, Probably very different to find in some ways. Well, it's it's very it's it's kind of completely related in that my side of it was that you know we talked about the benefits of being you know having that that work ethic and that ability to get through failure That's and to keep true. keep moving forward to keep looking at the next thing. Well, if you take that to an extreme, you can effectively be you know I, I don't know if calling myself a monster at that time is is an exaggeration, but I was very very driven. I still am, but at that time it was to the point where it was like blinkers on, and mm. you know, I, I, I am, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but my my family was almost like my pit crew at the time, and it's just awful to think of it that way. But that's that's kind of my mentality to achieve, and that's just a you know going all the way back to who knows who knows where that was programmed into me, but <clears throat> that caused a lot of damage, not just with Bodie, but with my wife Tracy, and and. I got to a point where I think I was in a fork in the road, which was I was achieving a lot and we had a lot of stuff and we still have stuff. Um, but like I was never satisfied. And so I had to find a solution and I ended up stumbling upon my solution. My, my magic, you know, moment was uh, meditation and meditation for me was just transformative. It allowed me to step outside of this body and have a different perspective of who Tom was 
And what I found was Tom was an asshole. <laughs> like, like, and it was it was so crushing, and it yeah. was so. I remember that first Vipassana. You came yeah. back, and you were just you yeah. just cried and hugged us for. So I just long. apologized to them yeah. for being so absent for yeah. years. I just apologized, and I, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make up for that. But all I could say is, look, things are going to be different from then. Like my my meditation practice has been pretty, uh, pretty important, if not the most important thing, to just allow me to stay balanced on what I feel is important and isn't important. And then, you know, to your point, when, uh, when you were diagnosed, well, that changed, you know, it was another level of like, okay, let's, nothing is certain, nothing is promised, nothing, you know, we, we have no idea about any of this. So let's just, you know, enjoy let's just every enjoy second. all of it. And just enjoy every second. And that's where we got to is like, especially with you and me, like me and me and my mom have always been like, like really close. Like she was always my confidant. She was always the person I'd like talk to about my problems and stuff. And I think when that happened, like, especially like for me, the, the big, like the big one was like when we were in the room with me being diagnosed and the doctor being like, yeah, you've got cancer. Just seeing you guys like get crushed, I think made me like realize how much you love me, which was such a weird thing. Like you, for years, you've been telling me like, you love me so much. And like, mm. you know, like, you know, you've been supporting me. You've been, you know, sending me to a school to sort my dyslexia out. And like all this love and all this hard work that now I appreciate as an adult that you put in as, as a dad working and making all the money so that we could do all of that. I think, you know, all came to me in that moment when they said that and I saw your guys' faces. I looked at you and you were both just crushed. It was like the hardest thing of my entire life that I've ever experienced. And that moment was, that was like the switch. That was it. Yeah. And, and, That's amazing. But now like, now we're fucking inseparable. My fucking <laughs> girlfriend is like, will he leave our apartment ever? <laughs> will he just leave? <laughs> we're freaking inseparable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we are intertwined at this point. We have... Uh, we have mutual goals, and um, those goals require us to spend oh, a lot of time, time together. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, I think every uh, father would want that. Uh, any parent from, for their twenty-five-year-old mm-hmm. to like be like, "Oh, I have this connection." Uh, you know that that you know. I think that's great having shared goals. I, I love that. But wh- one thing that you said, Tom, that I wanted to kind of follow up on was the idea of meditation allowing you to mm-hmm. see your character. And mm. for some reason, that was like, oh, that's a and d kind of concept as well, too, where, like, people, we create shards of ourselves that we role play in, at, at different tables and what that can mean. And in some ways, that was like a forced role play session for you when you were meditating to be like, look, this is, this is not just me experiencing how I feel and how I think, but, like, this is how you can observe how you, uh, you know, how you, uh, your behaviors affect other people and all that. So, like, was, was there something to that? Was there, like, a role-playing parallel there or am i making that up no totally not no it's it's happening right now um we we the game that we're playing and the character that i play that annoys nikki so much (laughs) is a part of my personality like it legitimately is and it might be tweaked a little bit and might be more like the old tom more boisterous as well yeah more boisterous Um, but i when i see the 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 effect of it on the table i'm getting like i'm (laughs) i'm understanding how some of my behavior in this game is actually potentially affecting people outside of the game. So there's an element of that, of me using different aspects of my personality, allowing those to come out, and then seeing how people 
interact with that. People like it, some people don't like it. And, and I would say as well, something that about D&D that allows, and I see it with our, our Skyrealm cast, and I, I will say this boldly, and I will say this as honestly as I can be. I've watched a lot of D&D streams, and there are some incredible casts on this planet. But for a group of people, and we do this online, I think we have the best cast on this planet. And I, I truly say that with like as much humbleness as I feasibly can. And it's because <laughs> of my admiration for the people who sit at my table. Mm. And you know, watching you know, Amber, um, Amber Logston, who, is, who's, uh, who plays Evis on our stream, um, is you know, her character has a complicated relationship with two NPCs that you know, has been something that in real life has affected Amber. And thus... Um, they, they, they really get to express that during the game and deal with some of that. And I know, you know, Tom's character, Geo, his, his uncle in the game is said to be missing or dead, you know, missing in action. And I know that whenever we dive into stuff like that in game, you, you bring up emotions about Tom's brother died when he was very young. And, uh-huh. um, and so I know that that brings that up yeah. for you and you deal, and actually in a lot of ways you deal with that, you allow it to surface. And I know, Tracy as well has, you know, characters in her in her backstory that have passed away. A big part of her backstory is revenge and avenging someone who she's lost. And again, Tracy lost her brother at a very young age as well. And I know she brings those emotions yeah. out and and taps on that when when we're dealing with those moments. And there is nothing more amazing to see these guys tackling real life problems and real life emotions with in-game moments and and experiences. Because that is like, it's not only kick-ass to watch and to like experience as like a viewer, but it's also kick-ass for just you guys as people to be able to open up like that during, mm. during the sessions. Yeah, but yeah it's, 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 it's therapeutic. Also, it is yeah. a bit therapeutic. Like, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been in situations where you're drawing on something. You're like, where, I don't know where this is coming from, but like something in there is wanting to come out right now. And it's coming out. You know, I, I'm, I'm not really in control of this anymore. And it's as a character... And whether it's a funny moment or a goofy moment or a sad moment or, you know, I just need to say this right now. Um, yeah. Those are really cool. Those are really cool and therapeutic oftentimes. I agree. Yeah, especially around grief, right? Like, I think that's such an interesting uh, concept. I, I was just at a, a funeral last week and everybody was dealing with that loss very differently, right? And, and interacting it with different ways. And for me, it was... It was such a small moment, but it was uh, uh, something that I probably will never forget because it was the uh, wife who lost her husband um, playing piano, a piece of piano that, that, that he liked. She had no emotion at all. She was very like, she was just doing it. And for that, that unlocked something in me. And I love mm-hmm. that something like storytelling, like D&D, like, you know, all the trappings of these other weird stories and, and, and fantasy things that we love can unlock all different parts of people's, uh, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's grief or it's, um, you know, happiness or, or happy memories or, mm-hmm. or explorations of, of identity and sexual orientation, all those things. I, I love that yeah. it's not intentional, but sometimes it is. And, and mm-hmm. the intention is still the community. It's still people getting together to experience things together. And I, I thought about that also when I was at uh, th- this funeral. It's been a long time since I've been at a funeral. Um, and it, it really didn't matter what programming was happening. It really didn't matter what was going on at the funeral. It was just the fact that people were together 
to experience yeah. that. And I think there's something to be said also as a parallel to, to D&D, right? Like it, not mm. every session is going to have these powerful emotions. Not every session is going to feel like, oh, that was the greatest experience I've ever had. But the, the, the commitment from those people coming together each week or, or, or at a set time is what it's all about. And that is, um, yeah, I mean, that's in some ways what makes us human. And to have this silly game that we love so much be a part of that, just it, it, every single time uh, uh, I hear conversations about this, I'm just like, God, there is something really important about, about yeah. what we mm. do. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, I heard something the other day, and I think it was so true. They were like, you know, oh, pandemic happened and it, you know, worst thing to happen to humans in ages. You know, we all, you know, realized that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't live with the person that we're living with because we're all trapped in lockdowns and things like that. And it's, it's all chaos, you know, kind of thing. But they said, you know, the one thing that we've lost it, the, that, you know, we lost throughout that time. And the one thing that we've been yearning for is just being together. Like, even though you have been, you know, locked in with certain people as a community, we, there's a reason why people, you know, want to go to the pub and watch, you know, the World Cup football games that are going on. There's a reason why, you know, you want to go spend time with friends or you want to go see a, a, a music gig and be part of a crowd all, you know, dancing to the same beat. And we are like just so tribal in that way. And it's I a think it's, it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a human like, it, it's sometimes we forget that this is just part of, our species, like this is the way we, this, this animal works. This animal needs socializing and it needs yeah. it. And you can go all the way back to, you know, around the fire in caveman times, there was the, whether you want to call them the, the shaman or the chief or the storyteller, mm -hmm. um, and they were acting out, you know, and that has been consistently brought through the ages, whether it's in, whatever the vehicle is. In D&D, it so happens is a magical vehicle for this part of this animal needing socializing. It's the There's apex something. predator. It really it's, is. It's the apex predator. <laughs> it's just, just yeah. killing off everything else. The moment you try it, you're, you're done. <laughs> but the, you, you the, know what, activity, think, the, the activity of D&D is the apex predator? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, like I, I would say so, like in, especially for storytelling. And uh, we, we talked about this on a podcast we, we just did with uh, Sly Flourish, um, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Mike Shea. And, um, and we were just talking, I was talking about, you know, there's certain things in society that have been core. And my example was bread. I was like, you know, since the freaking beginning of time, bread hasn't changed much. We're not inventing new type breads of, you know, types of bread at this point. We're all still eating the same bread that they were eating in the fucking medieval times and before that, you know, so... It's still bread. And stories are another one. Stories are something that no matter what time we are in, I think, in human history, as long as, you know, we're not some sort of algorithmic robot, you know, we will be interested in telling stories. We'll be interested in sharing, you know, experiences and also, you know, making those experiences extravagant, much more than they were in the moment, making them a lot more interesting and, you know, juicing them up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's one of the consistence of human, human connection and why D&D, I think, you know, resonated with me as well, because, you know, my whole life I've done movies and those are great. You're not in control, but it's a great journey to go on. Books, again, not in control, but amazing to imagine all that stuff. Video games are that next step. You're like, okay, now the character is mine, but also I can't walk into that door and I can't talk to that person and I, you know, I can't, you know, just pick up this leaf here. Where D and D is that next next step of just being like, cool, 
you can do as you please. And as long as your dungeon master is game for it, they're going to improvise whatever you want to do. And it's going to be, you know, this, this build on the world that they already have because you've interacted with it. That's next level storytelling. In that D&D, is the, that, that's next level. In D&D, you can pick up that leaf. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> that's the selling point. That's Wizards next. Uh, <laughs> yep. exactly. like, you can and, pick up that leaf. And that leaf is a mimic. Yeah, oh, exactly, exactly, 100%, exactly. Oh, that would, that is, you know what, that feels, that feels very, that feels very right. That feels very right, actually. Spoken like a true dungeon master. But, <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, that, yeah, it, D&D is very special for that reason. I think it's why we're so locked into it at this point. And, mm. you know, we've said, if homie and the dude doesn't go in the direction we want, if we don't end up, you know, turning this into something that is a little bit more financially viable and things like that, then irregardless, we will play D&D until he dies and then until I die. And, <laughs> and we, you know, we, we, we will keep playing. And, and In the afterlife, just, you'll just keep yeah, exactly. <laughs> When we both become liches, we shall play yes. together for eternity. Um, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. So what, yeah. what do you, I mean... It, you're doing so much. It's like you've you've mm-hmm. both jumped into D and D when when you're not playing it, you're thinking about it, or you're making dice, or you're doing live streams, or plotting your new world, kickstarting. Like what what do you what is next? What what would you like to see your D and D journey go? What direction? God, that's a good question. Jeez, you guys you guys are nailing these questions. I feel like <laughs> I feel like these are great questions. I'm We've been on this journey for two and a two and a half years, and I feel like it's clearer now than it was yesterday and way, way clearer than it was six months ago. I feel like we're headed towards trying to balance doing stuff that's fun, but also monetizing it so that it can be our our passionate profession. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like we're understanding what that means more. And it's really hard to to navigate the, the, you know, kind of the social media puzzle and that's kind of where we live. We have a, a kind of a product and we've been figuring out what that product is. And now we're getting closer and closer to understanding what the product is. And with regard to D&D, the product is the Sky Realm, but also aspects of D&D supplements that we feel and we've seen that an audience has interest in. And so bringing those to, to the market as, as an actual product is, is kind of where we're headed. So... I would say if, if we were to put like some actual things out into the universe for, for, for people. So at the moment, we have the Sky Realms original actual play that we're doing, which, you know, set in our world of floating islands, very steampunky. It's, you know, this epic adventure about rebellion and oppression and, um, you know, sa- saving, saving a world kind of situation. And the, the next kind of chapter for us is we will be doing... Um, more live streams, so we will be starting a second campaign set in the Sky Realm on an earlier timeline um, that is uh, super exciting. Um, we're really excited about that. It's a journey of I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit more Avatar: The Last Airbender with you know young you know these guys playing younger characters that are in their formative years, you know, getting growing and 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 becoming you know awesome people. So we're super excited about that. Um, we're also talking about starting a uh, Orbital Blues campaign, which is a uh, a TTRPG that isn't Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, is another amazing TTRPG that's uh, space uh, space cowboy themed. Um, I guess would be the, the the way to describe it. So we're excited for that. 
But I think the big thing, the, the, the big thing that we're pushing for, and um, you'll see a lot of this in our Skyrealm um, actual play in, in, in the next couple of months as we progress through this campaign, and you'll definitely see it in the, um, in the next campaign that we're writing at the moment, um, which is uh, the Trials of the Masuko family is what it's called. Um, and um, that is our airship combat Kickstarter. It's, 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 uh, basically, we, we found this, this kind of gap um, you know, there's there's stuff for, you know, in Salt Marsh for, like, boats. And, you know, there's stuff in Spelljammer for, for airships, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we liked a lot of the content that has already been created. And we were like, you know, this is great, but there's something missing that we feel like we can um, add a little bit more to. So we're, we have been for the last four or five months um, building an airship combat um, Kickstarter that we'll be launching. It will be a book um, that will be called uh, Sky Zephyrs, um, a guy, a comprehensive guide by Galmar and Sapfa, um, who are uh, a character that I play and a character that my writing partner plays. And um, uh, there'll be fun quotes from us all the way through the book. But alongside that, you know, we hope to basically just bring this new swashbuckling, you know, combat style to uh, vehicles because this can apply. Our, our system is awesome in of that it can apply to three dimensional vehicle combat mm. so whether you're in space uh the astral sea or um in in, in standard like air aerospace um you can use it but also with a few minor tweaks it can be used for uh, ground-based vehicular combat and things like that as well the big part about it is we're making this as customizable as possible every rule can be used by itself and every rule can be used as part of this system to really um, expand and just make this fun experience for like, cool, I'm on a ship. Uh, there's NPC crew that I can ask to do this. There's, you know, I'm, I'm operating different things. I'm repairing stuff. We're all working as part of a team because of, you know, what we need to do. And we just wanted that to be a little bit more fleshy and exciting. And so yeah. that's what we've really been working on. And we're so excited about that. Like that you is, wanted and we found a really, the Star Trek uh, experience of like having a crew of people that you can go like Artemis. Uh, what was that? The ship simulator game where you could role play as as, as exactly. part of a, a bridge crew. And I love that idea for for ship to ship combat. Exactly, and it's 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 also balancing. So there's aspects of traditional PC combat that you know just core fundamental experience in playing D anD. d If you if you saddle that with additional mechanics and additional you know stuff it can really bog things down i think that has been an experience that some people have had with vehicular combat it's just another thing that almost is another pc so to speak and what we've really tried to do is try to make it complementary to traditional pc combat so pcs are actively engaging in the vehicle um but not just as you know, kind of maintaining the vehicle, but actually using the vehicle as a weapon as well, and maneuvering it, and yeah, like swashbuckling in the sky is the imagery that we have been wanting to to capture. Um, so yeah, that's been it's been something we found a really strong audience. We feel like we're now honing in on understanding our social media strategy, which is to bring people that really really like Homie and the Dude and like what we're doing closer to us, not necessarily mm-hmm. us kind of putting stuff out there and mm-hmm. and hoping. So we've got a Great community of 500 people on Discord, and we've got uh, 900 plus people in our newsletter, and it's growing. And you know, it's just kind of doing this every single day. So, 
super excited about that. Yeah, I, I, just just one final thing, just because I'm, I'm I like as as the person who's writing most of this, I'm I'm like so hyped for some of this beautiful <laughs> stuff that we're bringing. You know, we're bringing a whole new list of spells, a bunch of items. We're also going to be bringing um, a section of the book that we can't talk mountains about because it is our our super secret bit of uh, of our Kickstarter that we'll be launching the month before. But the ability to have the widest variety of airships and and uh, you know um, uh, air based vehicles. Uh, we're trying to make sure that everyone can create exactly what they want their vehicle. So you can get a you know a team of players together before a campaign, and you can build an airship together and and, and work on that you know and mm. and 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 create something absolutely amazing that suits the party and fits with the you know the party and things like that. And then the the final thing that I just want to mention that I think is the the, the biggest most awesome part of this is we've created a list of feats that really change this game, and it, it, specifically for, for airship combat, that elevate this in a way that is gnarly. It means players are interacting with their environment through these feats, players are interacting with each other, they're interacting with the air crew that's on their ship, they're interacting with the ship itself. And those feats elevate it in giving you a bunch of more options in combat, giving you the ability to really feel like, as a team, if you don't have certain feats, you know, and there's there's you know, 12, 15 feats here, you know, so for a team of four or five, you need to find a good combination of these feats to run a really good airship. And there's thousands of combinations that you can do. Or recruit a good NPC to, to fit that. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, so that you get and recruiting so, missions going on. I love that idea. That's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So well, I love that we got all crunchy about. here at the end, but now I'm like excited for this I supplement. Know. I want to. <laughs> I like feats and magic items, and I want to now create an airship that is run on sentient slimes that have fly permanently cast on them. But you have to negotiate with them to get them to go where you want to go. I love that. I love <laughs> that. That's wild. That's wild and beautiful, and and will fit beautifully. Beautiful. Should we get the artwork for that started? I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me just, already, let me just yeah. message Alex one second. <laughs> and, and shout out to at Art of Caustic, Alex, um, our creator, our art, our art guy. He is a legend. If you uh, if you go in our Discord, if people check out our Discord or our newsletter, you'll see the art that we've been like creating throughout this process and kind of drip feeding to to, to people who are excited about this. And his art is on a whole nother it's really level. Nice. It's yeah. super whimsical. It's you know less of this realism and more like just fun, amazing, like a uh, creative, exceedingly detailed uh, pieces of work, which yeah. is awesome. I dig it. Super I dig awesome. it. Well, in the, in the interest of trying to get uh, the community to interact with you and people to sign up for your newsletter, how can people do that? How do they, how do they get in touch with everything that's going on with Homie and the Dude? So uh, this is this is my specialty. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I know. You're like, you got <laughs> this stuff. Uh, Practice. We just stretch for this one. You've done this. <laughs> it's 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 like a, you know back in the old days when you would give a title, you'd walk into like a, a throne room and be like, ah, I'm Lord Devath, first of his name. <laughs> I feel like that's what these these moments are now in uh, in podcasts and stuff. Um, so we're Homie and the Dude, the father and son TTRPG and MMA team. Um, we're at Homie and the Dude on every like social media platform that's about. Um, and uh, particularly though, I would say check out our Discord server. We are trying to you know build a new safe, interactive, uh, inclusive space. You know, especially with the the Twitter sphere kind of burning to the ground a little bit at the moment, <laughs> and uh, and people being concerned about that. We want people to know that at Homie and the Dude, we're trying to create this awesome space where 
Um, there's loads of people to talk to, to share ideas, creators talk about stuff, you know, new players and DMs to come in and learn and just a space for the TTRPG community to continue to flourish and grow. And we're, we're about to hit 500 people um, in our Discord as well. So come join that. Um, as well as that, our newsletter of holding, it's the best way to stay up to date with the content that we create. So um, we give loads of updates on what we're working on. Um, we also give you guys free supplements that are worth somewhere between, you know, like $2 for you guys in America, you know, two pounds, all the way up to like 10 pounds, you know, what, what, what we would sell of just, you know, battle maps, NPCs, adventures, uh, items, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we try and make sure we load that in there for you guys. But finally, you also get updates on our airship combat Kickstarter because that is something that we're chugging towards. And uh, yeah, loads of updates about that in there as well. So those are the best places to check that out. Finally, our actual place, Skyrealm, YouTube, Twitch, those places. Uh, come check it out if you have the time. If not, thank you so much for even just listening this far into the show and, and, and getting to this moment where I'm talking about this if you are still listening. So <laughs> I appreciate that. And if you have the time to check it out, we would appreciate that. Uh, all of that is completely free and we want it to, you know, as much as possible, continue doing that so you guys can feel like you're, you know, part of this journey Love with it. us. And, Love uh, it. Amazing. Ripped. Thank you to the both of you, Bodie and Tom. Uh, this has been really great. Uh, uh, another great connection uh, as made. We talked about life. We talked about death. We talked about MMA and airships. I think we covered, <laughs> covered the entirety of human experience. If we didn't, if we had, if we didn't already write "Welcome to Dragon Talk," I would totally write an essay about this interview. So we'll oh. put that in. We'll put that in part two. We'll put it in part. Two. I appreciate that. Look, <laughs> amazing. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. And as as always, you know, you guys know if you you ever want to come back on our show, you're welcome. Uh, homie and the dude always. And you guys are also welcome in the Discord server. We'd love to have you guys in there and all that kind of stuff. It's, well, it's just great to interact with you guys and and yeah, and promote that in let's, there and let's, all that. Kind let's of throw stuff. it in there. Yeah, for awesome. sure. Awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you. <laughs> you're the best. Woo-hoo. Thanks, guys. Thank Woo. you. What a wonderful story oh, and two wonderfully creative uh, individuals that just happen to be familia. I just love them even more now. Right? Yeah. 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 There is a connection. There really is. Just good people and very happy to have them in the community. They're doing great stuff. Um, I want to check out that uh, Sky Realm. Uh, looks like a... A really interesting, fun, new take on ship combat and things like that, as well as just their general attitude about how to make stuff happen. I'm down yes. with Yes. Very, uh, I, and just the amount of stuff that they're making happen is very uh, overwhelming. <laughs> Even <laughs> they for those love of it. who do stuff on the side from our day jobs, it still feels like, whoa, that's a lot. That you're doing a lot. Yeah. Very exciting, yes. cool, mm-hmm. and um, I think uh, just emblematic of, of the Dungeons and Dragons community out there. Yeah, right? I agree. Agree. So if you want to get involved uh, with that community, one of the coolest ways is to buy our book. Welcome to <laughs> Dragon Talk: Inspiring Conversations About Dungeons and Dragons and the People Who Love to Play It. Woo! Out now. If you uh, have been listening to this podcast, you probably have a, a big, uh, a pretty solid idea of what the D&D community is like. But for those of you that you, uh, or people that you meet who be like, hey, how do I get in? How do I get like a, 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 a primer on what's going on with the D&D community? You, I think this, I know, do you like how I use primer? Yes. As a, as a Britishism. Um, this can help uh, get people like why why you are so passionate about it. So 
great gift idea around this uh, period for the D&D curious in your life. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, inspiring, as we said. It is. In the subtitles right there. It is. It really is. And it if will you be wanna, a great stocking stuffer. It's a, it, well, it's a little, you've got to get a big stocking. I, I tested it. This has been, this has been tested. This is it actually fits in a stocking. stocking. I have a very stretchy stocking. My but. stockings are very thin and petite. <laughs> Mine have lots of give. <laughs> They're uh, uh, elastic waisted stockings. You know it. How do you think you get more stuff? It's true, right? Yes. Um, that is a great idea. I would. I think that people should be giving it to everyone in their in their lives. <laughs> everyone you know deserves a copy. Everyone of this book. I know is getting it. So right there, you go. Um, you can find out about all the stuff that Dungeons and Dragons is doing by going to D and D Beyond. There's a lot of great things happening as we get into playtesting one D&D as well as uh, the new releases out there like Dragonlance and uh, things to come in 2023. Follow along on all the social medias and if you want to get in touch with me or Shelly, I can be found ostensibly still kind of there on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, I'm at Greg Tito. Uh, I just signed up for Hive Social uh, last week. Um, So check that out. It's a a Twitter-like um, that's only on your phones right now, but I am at Greg Tito there as well. And then Greg underscore Tito on Instagram and uh, a few other places out there. But I'm expanding my 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 footprint uh, on the web. What about you, Shelly Moo? I am at Shelly Moo on whatever remains of Twitter and on Instagram. I think I also did sign up for Hive as well, and I think I'm Shelly Moo there too. But I don't think I've been back to it since I signed up. So Keeping it consistent. I like it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So. Uh, we'll have uh, book-related stuff there as well as all the podcasts that we've been on guesting, talking about the, the creation of this book. We were recently on uh, Rhett Miller's podcast, Wheels Off, which was really exciting uh, to talk to him about our creative process. Check that out as well as all the other wonderful appearances that we've been on. And now it is because the thing that has come up a couple of times in those interviews is how much people uh, have been following along what's going on with Drunky Two Shoes. Yes. So she is in the Radiant Citadel and has recently uh, been tasked with speaking to three tabaxis uh, who are residing there. The first one um, is a healer. And you saw him. uh, You made it to the House of Convalescence there. And uh, he was very excited to meet you. Isn't he kind of... Hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, he could be. Yes, he's very. He was very much like. Oh, it's very, very interesting to meet you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never um, met uh, someone like my kind uh, before. Really? Yes. How is this possible? Well, there's not many of us here. How long have you been here? Um, only about uh, three years. And you've never met a tabaxi anywhere? I, I have not, but I. I'm devoted to my work. I, uh, I, I live very close uh, to this location, and I, I'm a simple person. I really just do like going uh, and, and helping people as much as I can. Um, I have so many questions, and I'm here because I'm trying to find my brother, Daryl Two Shoes, which I'm assuming if you've never seen a tabaxi, you 
probably haven't seen him, but why is there a bar that he, or a drink called a drunky two shoes or what is happening? How do people know of my family? I am curious. Uh, Your brother's name was? Is. Is. His name is, is Daryl. He still exists as far as I know. Interesting. Well, my my, uh, as I said, I, I I'm I, I don't interact very much with the larger citadel here. I was, um, left uh, here on the radiant citadel by my parents. Um, oh my! They, they needed to go That's take sad. care of of something. Um, they said they would come back, and they they never did. Unfortunately, I assume they are also. Deceased. Wait, first of all, you're saying, like, you seem to think Daryl's dead and we need to shut that down right now. He's not. And I'm sorry about your parents, but is it possible that maybe they're together on, like, Tabaxi Island? I have heard uh, individuals here on this, uh, and I apologize, I'm still in the process of, of, of healing this person here in front of me. Oh, so, uh, I'm so really I, sorry. I, I, would, I would have I, shaken your hand or... or I, I, I didn't even I didn't even see a person here. I hope this isn't like a violation of some oath or something that the privacy law. Uh, as you can see, they're unconscious right now. Uh, <laughs> I've induced them in, into a sleep uh, so that they may heal. I'm cleaning their dressings, uh, but uh, he, he continues to work as he's doing it. He does seem very much uh, uh, devoted to uh, his healing, his healing work. Um, but he said that is, I mean, I, I, uh, it is possible there could be a location where they all are. Uh, I have heard from some people that I've interacted with here that, that they believe uh, the Tabaxi have a, a civilization that was once connected to this citadel. And that's what my parents said they needed to go do. So maybe they're there. Maybe they can't get back because this place is a little whack to get to. It it is uh, even harder to leave. Hmm. Uh oh. Well, anyway, I I think we need to get there, and I'd like you to come with me. You want me to come with you? Yes. Don't you think your parents could be there? I, I they could. Yes. Um. But but what about my work here? Well, I'm sure there's people to heal there too. <laughs> uh, roll me a persuasion check. A persuasion check, you say? Yes. Well, I happen to be very persuasive. <laughs> Plus five. How about a 24? 24? Ha ha! Bat, bat, bat of the uh, eyes. He, he, he kind of looks at you and kind of considers what you're saying, and, and uh, you, you see him uh, look down and you know, kind of concentrate on his work again, and then he kind of finishes the bandage and redressing what he was doing uh, for... Uh, the human on the table in front of him. And then he looks up at you and you get this sense of like, there's some something about what you said it, it struck a nerve. Uh, and he says, I, I hadn't considered that I could try to find them. I don't know why. But you, I've only known you for 30 seconds. And I already feel a connection to you. 
Oh, well, I feel that too. And we are just two lost kittens in search of our families. He licks his hand. I put my paw out. He puts his paw out. Is the one that he just licked. You should be okay with that, right? You're a tabaxi, not a germaphobe. I, I guess, yeah. Or, or okay. you don't have to be. I don't care. But like, yeah, he does put his hand out that he just, you know, kind of like, you know, cleaned okay. with his tongue. I take it, but I, I take it. Come with me, oh healer one. My name for- is Sengir. Seng- Sengir. Sengir? Sengir. 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 My name is Drunky. <laughs> he laughs loudly uh, and holding your hand. Uh, and uh, he, he's, he's just filled with, uh, you know, happy purring sounds as he's laughing. Wow. Well, you can finish your work here, but then we got to go. All right. Where do, you, where do you want to meet? Oh, I'm not leaving. I'll come with you. Right now? I, about, I, I, I just finished my work here. Uh, oh, okay. Let's beat feet. Let's go. Beat feet. You have such an interesting way of speaking. Do you want to get a drink first? Yes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Sengar. All right. Sen- Sengar and Drunky uh, leave the House of Convalescence together. Oh, I have no idea how to get out of here, but let's do it. Let's Yay. figure it out. Yay. I like this adventure. Me too. That's cool. All right. We'll see how this proceeds next time. Sounds good. Thank you. Damn, that good persuasion roll uh, uh, changed everything. It sure did. You weren't expecting that, were you? I really wasn't. <laughs> 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 <laughs>